Well, I want to congratulate. First, you made it here. And I would like for you to not forget the things that you've brought in here. Pay attention to them. The struggles, the wrestles. They're there for a reason. My message this morning is to hopefully inspire you. That's all I want to do. Um, the worship set this morning was on point. Thank you, Miss Jenny and worship team. Um, and then the Lord was just, I mean, I'm, I've, had, I've had church. I'm good. I could leave right now. I'm full. This is like, I don't even need, I'm ready for the pies. Where are they at? Like, I'm good. I've had the main course. I'm good. So I hope you guys get something out of this. Like I said, early this morning, I'm still digesting this and wrestling this. It wasn't that I was trying to come up with something to give you, so don't take that. It's the simple fact that I had so much content that I'm trying to squeeze it into a point to where I can keep your attention. Because here in about 20 to 30 minutes, you're going to be like, yeah, we're ready to go eat. So I'm hoping that I can give you just a little bit of something to inspire you that when you get up and you walk out the door, that you won't forget this, that you'll still continue to chew on it. So that's my plan. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here this morning. Lord, I address you with my eyes open. I want to see these people in front of me as you do. Lord, I pray that my words would be anointed into a way that they would speak to each and every single person that is here, that is listening on some streaming service. Father, I pray that these wrestles of emotions and hurts that we are all sitting here with, Lord, that you will start to highlight those to us, bring clarity to those things in which why we are wrestling with those, Father. I thank you again for the opportunity just to be in your presence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, sometimes I don't think it's fair, and I hadn't even got to my message yet, so this, y'all buckle up. I don't think it's fair to have to raise teenage daughters right now. Yeah, I was just sharing with Pastor Devin whenever I walked up, I was like, dude, my 14-year-old girl is experiencing heartache. Mm. Let's band up and let's go. But man, it just makes me feel alive is what it does. Those feelings of hurt and frustration, they just flooded me a while ago to where I was able to just have that contact with my Heavenly Father because He is aware of them. Instead of just hiding them and pressing them down, instead, face them, bring them up. Let him stir up and let him into that space and see what he can do with it. And so it's almost like the excitement that's coming from it, what it's going to do. That's what I can't wait for now. I can tell my daughters all day long about the hurts and the frustrations that's going to come in this world, but until they actually feel those things, they don't understand the context of what I'm talking about. And now, guess what? They're feeling it. So now the journey has begun that we can open it up and see what God's going to do in it. That's what I'm excited about. Although I still don't like to be the father of teenage girls right now, but I welcome the job. I do. So this morning, my message is today is simple. My point is not to stand up here and to tell you about God, because I'll be the first one to tell you I don't know that much about Him at all. The more I hang around with those two fellows right there, the more I realize I don't know diddly nothing about him. 
But my aim, like I said earlier, is to share enough about God that I know to allow you to maybe experience a life with Him and to want to know more about Him. Again, you'll have to excuse me. I'm, I'm living that emotion that I told you about a while ago. Maybe if we allow it, we would leave realizing we don't know it all and that we can do more in this journey to know Christ. I want to talk about bridge builders. Um, last Friday, or two Fridays ago, uh, on the men's group page, I, uh, I shared um, just a, something I was wrestling with, and, it, and, I, and I labeled it bridge builders. The tallest bridge in the world was built by humans, and it stands at an amazing 1,850 feet above the river below it. But I want, you, I want to draw the focus today on what it took in order to make that, to bridge that. The longest bridge in the world is 103 miles over the sea. I mean, if land's not difficult enough, we're able to do it over an ocean? I mean, just think about it a little bit. That's pretty impressive. We, as humans, are able to do that. Some of the most creative and beautiful structures that we have are bridges. We, as humans, were able to come together and do that. There was a plan that was, I mean, number one, there was a need first, right? And then someone decided, you know what, we need to do that. How do we do that? Planning, organization, gaining the materials, coming together, and then completing the tasks. I want to point out the importance of the bridge. It's something that brings two opposite sides together. It doesn't matter how far apart, we as humans have proven over and over that we can come together in order to accomplish bridging the gap. We currently are living in a, a great time of great divide and unrest. Contempt is growing everywhere. Never has there been more distractions present to mankind than now. Some bad, some good, but just think about all the distractions. What is a distraction? I mean, you, you know, as a business owner right now, I'm dealing with March Madness. There, I mean, I just lost all the focus of my employees, I guarantee it. Trying to make that bracket happen, right? That's what they're going to be doing all day. And that's, I mean, I'm, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm making lighthearted, but there's so many things that are distracting us from what we need to be doing. Social media has created a life of expectations most of us can't even begin to live up to. We see the post and we're like, yeah, I'm going to do that. We are pushing the limits of space exploration further and faster than we could have ever imagined or dreamed. I mean, do you guys realize that right now we have a rover and even the first flight on Mars taking place, and that we are actually getting high-definition pictures sent to us every 10 minutes. I mean, really? So just grasp that, and then you think about, but yet just in our community right here, we have children that are going to bed hungry. It's like, whoa, Jason, I'm not ready for that. That was not a good segue. We were doing so well. Think about those wrestles. Not to mention the physical and mental abuse that they're living with. My wife's a teacher here in school. And we talk about the stresses that she deals with on a daily basis, but more or less the hurts that she experiences with her children. 
the hurts that they're experiencing, the hurts that they're going through. We're trying to teach our kids to read and write and learn, but yet they, all they really want is just something in their belly because it's gargling and hurting so bad. Distractions. The church has to do better. We can't continue to operate with a vision to only offer the act of receiving salvation with Christ. Evangelism has to become discipleship once again. Just like you just said, Roy. <clears throat> we can't only ask the question, do you want to go to heaven or hell? And then just let it be. That's the way I was brought up. You want to go to heaven or you want to go to hell? That's the basis for how I live. It's the basis for every decision I make. I don't want to burn, so yet I'm going to do this, right? Let's put more context into that. Let's do this. Let me ask you some questions and you answer it to yourself. If you look at your life through the lens of Christ, would he say that you allow him to live with you? Are you living your life with Christ? Would you say that you spend more time living a distracted life from Christ? Or are you living your life aware of how much you don't know about God and looking for him in all of his things and all of his people? Now that you've got those three questions, how much time have you lived distracted with the things not of God? And I hope you guys are kind of filtering through these things right now. Again, I'm not trying to heap a big pile of shame on you. Like I said, welcome the things that you brought in here with you this morning. Now let's start filtering through them. Do you want to go to heaven? Everybody's like, I'm not moving my head. I'm not answering. This is a trick question. Do you want to go to heaven? Of course, right? I mean, the alternative is, and it's getting ready to be Arkansas summer here. We know how that feels. <laughs> We're all going to be just a big melting pot. So, we all want to go to heaven. Have you ever asked that to someone that doesn't, you know, proclaim to be a, a Christian? And they're just done, they're just bitter. And you're like, hey, do you want to go to heaven? And they're like, they, they just almost like smirk at you, right? Like, really? That's the question you're going to bring with me? Out of all the crap I got going on in my life, you want to know, do I want to go to heaven? Dude, I just want to eat. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get a job. So, do you want to go to heaven? So, we've all answered yes, right? I don't know what heaven is going to be like. But I know one thing for sure. I know that God is going to be there, and we won't be able to live there without Him living with us. Okay, easy enough. I believe that we are living in eternity now. I believe that today matters. I believe Christ is with us all right now and wants to live in fullness with Him just as much as we will live fully with Him in heaven. Would you agree with that? How much are you living distracted? What is frustrating you right now? What is taking the majority of your time? What's causing you to be so stressed? How come you can't find reconciliation? Why does that other political party make you so mad? 
how come that group of people make your skin crawl? I just can't stand them. All they want to do is keep talking about this. As an owner of a retail business, I get to hear all of people's opinions about COVID-19. Man, there's a lot of them. The one thing that this pandemic has done, it's been the great highlighter of how we live oblivious to our neighbor's life. I've had a person in my office boasting one minute about how this pandemic is the biggest hoax in history and that the very next person that sits down, he can't even speak without bursting into tears. And when he does get it out of his mouth, he says, I wish I would have just taken it a little bit more serious because I just lost my wife after 40 years. Mm. Instantly, if I'm not living distracted, I enter into a place with that man. I relate because I have a wife that I hope 40 plus years is what we experience together. Instantly, I meet him. In John 3, verses 14 through 21, I'm going to read these. I want to break them down a little bit as I read them. <clears throat> Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Everyone will have eternal life. I want to go back to that question. Do you want to go to heaven? Does your life look right now what it will be like whenever you get to heaven? I mean, how much time are you spending with, with Christ right now? When you get to heaven, that's all we're going to do, right? We're going to spend time with Him. So think about that. Don't let that slip away as I move on through the rest of these verses. I just want to touch on that. Think about that. In verse 16, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. There is that word that I want to draw your attention to, eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him isn't judged. Whoever doesn't believe in him is already judged because they don't believe in the name of God's only son. Did that just say God didn't come to judge the world, but instead he came to save the world? That's what it said, didn't it? Does that change your view of God? Does it create a different image of God? If God's not coming to judge the world, but is coming to save the world, what does that do in your mind? Can you create? I'm a visual person, so it just kind of creates a different, different rule. Instead of a judge, right? Someone coming to destroy, someone coming to take, to rightfully punish. Instead, it comes as someone that is coming to save. A savior. We've heard that word before, right? A savior. This is the basis for judgment. The light came into the world, and people loved darkness more than the light, for their actions are evil. People chose to love darkness more than light. People chose to be distracted from light 
insert the word Christ in light instead of living with light, Christ. All who do wicked things hate the light and don't come to the light for their fear that their actions will be exposed to the light. I would say the only reason one would fear their actions being exposed to the light is because they fear not knowing what the light is. Again, I want to draw your attention to what Christ is. We don't want to expose things to the light. We don't want to expose things to Christ. Instead, we'd rather hold them in and keep them in instead of giving them to Him. If perfect love casts out fear, and fear is darkness, then that means that light is love. So all who do wicked things hate the love and don't come to the love for the fear their actions will be exposed to the love. Are you following me? Everybody's like, no, that's a lot. Well, you can go back and listen to it. We're recording it. <laughs> Whoever does the truth comes to the light so that it can be seen that their actions were done and good. Worship team, can I invite you guys back up? The worship team is going to come back up here, and they're going to start to play another set. As they do, I want to encourage you guys to listen to some of the, the weighty things that I've said. But the main thing I want to do is I want to try to inspire you to look at your life in a way that all of these gaps that are in your life can be bridged. Think about the hurts and why those hurts are there. How do you start to press into that hurt? How do you start to build that bridge into that hurt? What's causing the gap? What's causing the frustration? Think about it. If you want to go to heaven, does your life right now reflect what you're going to be doing in heaven? I believe that the body is a crucial part of what we're going to be living like in heaven. I don't feel like the body is just going to stay here, but we're going to continue to use this body in a, in a way that we are connecting with one another. So in the things that we do, the things that, the things that we interact with, we can experience Christ right now with that, with us right now. It's not something that we have to wait on. I think we would all agree that we are passionate people. We all have different passions, but we're passionate people. It comes from our heart. That's what the song is talking about. Why does my heart have to be open? That's our, where our passion comes from. It's okay to be passionate about different things, but we have to be open to others. I'm going to give you some practical ways of the way this starts to, to implement into our life. They're called spiritual formation. It's something Pastor Zach has been teaching all of us about for a few months now. Some of you might ask, what is spiritual formation? Here's some words that I've put to it. It's the process of shaping the individual that they would love God with all of their heart 
all of their soul, all of their strength. And then they would love their neighbor as themselves. The more that I am giving into this apprenticeship position with Christ, the more my heart becomes softer to indifferences, the more my mind becomes open to accept all that I don't know. And the more that I come to seek out my neighbor, I can literally say that I am living more fully aware of what Christ is up to. And when I say up to, I mean it with the context of the balance that he's bringing into my life. It's admitting that I don't know all of God yet. It's living with the knowledge that God loves unconditionally. It's me learning to be thankful. It's noticing Christ at work in my casual conversations. What started as a simple conversation at work turns into a discovery of why someone is so frustrated and so hurt, and then giving it time to lean in and press into that pressure point of why they feel like that. Slowing down to realize why we are created, why we are in this moment, why I'm with this person right now. Not to judge them, but to allow the Christ that is with me to maybe save. And not to judge, but to save. I hope today that I have inspired just a little bit to be okay not to know. To be okay not to agree. But instead, maybe see them in the same way that Christ sees them. To love them. In closing, I'll say it again. I want to point out the importance of the bridge. It's something that brings two opposite sides together. It doesn't matter how far apart they are. We as humans have proven over and over that we can come together. We have the ability to love our neighbor. Choosing to do so is hard. In order to prepare ourselves for a life with Christ, we must choose to build a bridge that would unite us with our neighbor. We are called to love them as ourselves. This is not something that we can just blow through. We're going to have to wrestle with it. Spiritual formation is a shaping. And anytime something is being shaped, it takes time. As an apprentice of Christ, it's who I am becoming, a bridge builder. Although it gets tough and everything looks to be against me, I choose to continue to be a bridge builder for people to find a way to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Let me pray for you guys. 
Father, I just thank you. Thank you for your spirit. I thank you that you are with us today. We choose to be thankful. Bring an act of discernment into our hearts and to our minds, Lord, that we can find just that little thing to start to be thankful for. From there, we know, Lord, that you will continue to enlighten us and show us more that we can be thankful for. Father, I just pray for this, this body today. Lord, I just pray that you would just meet them where they're at. I encourage them, Lord, to bring those wrestles that they're dealing with to you instead of away from you. Encourage them, Lord, in their relationships, in their daily lives to make room for you. That you, Father, would be glorified in our relationships, that you would be glorified in our speech, that you would unify us once again, that the church would look more like you in the coming days. Thank you again for the opportunity to be here to worship with this body.